0: Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host Frank Laplaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, this episode is going to be entirely dedicated to reviewing the Bengals at the halfway point and all the position groups. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast is brought to you by the Zedia Network. Cincinnati Bengals mid-season review. It's been a fun season. I love watching these games. Watching a Bengal game is my favorite thing in the world to do over anything else in the world. So now that the season's here, win or lose, good or bad, I'm having a great time watching this team. I wish it would never end. So we have our quarterback, the biggest ingredient that you need for the NFL. Joe Burrow has exceeded every expectation that any one of us could have, and the future is very, very bright. So the way the season's going, we're, we're sitting here at 2-5-1 and one at the halfway point. There were four games where we lost fourth quarter leads. So, I mean, you know, we could be 5-2-1 and one at this point, maybe even better. We've been competitive, and that's what's been making these games even more enjoyable. The Ravens game was the only game that we had trouble with, and we do have to show that we can beat our divisional rivals. You know, we had some close games and good battles with Cleveland, but they came on top twice, so we're going to have to wait and see those guys next year. But We're going to have to show that we can beat Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Hopefully we do it this season. If this doesn't happen to be our year to do it, then next year you have to split with all these teams, at least 3-3 and in the division, maybe 4-2 and in the division, if you're going to want to go to the playoffs. So what happens from here in the second half of the season? Well, we have eight upcoming games, and they're not that tough. All right, we have Pittsburgh twice and Baltimore. So those are the three games that are going to be the barometer of where we really stand this year. And whether those games are winnable or not, the other games, we have Miami, who's a mediocre team, Houston, who's struggling, Dallas Giants and Redskins, all struggling. I mean, I don't know. You can't really predict what's going to happen. Who knows from week to week what injuries are going to happen or who's going to get hot or how the ball is going to bounce in those particular games. But we could rattle off five wins here, you know, And, and that puts us at seven wins and a tie. And then, man, just take a game from Pittsburgh or Baltimore if you possibly can. And you might even have an outside chance at the playoffs now that there's seven teams going from each conference. So until they're actually eliminated, let's hang on to the hope that we could make the playoffs this year if we get hot. And whether that's reality or just me dreaming, it doesn't matter. It gives us something to fight for and something to root for. Offensive MVP Okay, the runner-up for offensive MVP is Tyler Boyd. He's showing that he's one of the top 10 receivers in the league. He's clutch, the run after the catch, the toughness. He's a team guy, great hands, always getting open. Third down and fourth down, look for Tyler Boyd. He's going to convert most of them for you, as he has been. So he's become an elite talent on this team and in this league. So with that said, Tyler Boyd is the runner-up for offensive MVP. The MVP award goes to Joe Burrow. I don't know what more I can say on it. I've been talking about him every week because he gives us something to talk about every week. He's been playing so well. Everything he does is exciting. He's not even a rookie. You know, everyone on the team respects him as the leader already, and he's only played half a season. Showing the toughness, the hits that he's taken, not a complaint, and the throws and the poise and the preparation and the desire to win and the elusiveness... I could go on. The accuracy, the ball placement, leading receivers, throwing into tight windows. I think the Bengals lead the league in contested catches. And, you know, Joe's getting those balls in whether the guys are open or not. So there's our MVP. And yeah, he's going to be the team MVP this year. But look for this guy to be the league MVP in the very near future. Defensive MVP. Runner-up for defensive MVP, Mackenzie Alexander. Another guy I've been talking about week to week because every week he seems to be doing something great in these games. He's been pretty locked down covering the slot receivers. And he's making big plays, tackling, in the run game. He's all over the place. What an excellent acquisition. I know we signed him to a one-year deal, but this is someone that they need to lock up because he's a, a mainstay on a team that's going to be a playoff team in the future. And the defensive MVP, we all know Jesse Bates turning into one of the best safeties in the league. He's on the road to being that kind of player that's going to make the Pro Bowl every year. And another thing, if you have a guy playing center field back there who's a superstar, you're going to win a lot of games. Just look at the old Ed Reed days or the Troy Palamalu days from our rivals over there. But we have our guy with Bates. I mean, he's playing phenomenally. The big interceptions, the heady play, sticking his nose in there even against bigger guys. You know, he only had one game that was a little subpar. That was that first Cleveland game. But aside from that, it's just been Pro Bowl. So congratulations to the defensive MVP, Jesse Bates. Okay, so now I'm going to move on to position groups, and I'm going to give a quick grade. And there's nine position groups, technically, if you add in special teams. So I've actually ranked them in the order of how I thought they performed in the first half. And what I'll do is I'll just talk about the position real quick. I'll name the player or players that have excelled at that position, and then I'll just give a grade on it and move on. I'm not going to grade individual players Maybe I'll do that at the end of the year, but who am I to do that? You know, I, I love all these guys. I don't want to give anybody bad grades. So that's why I'm going to be grading position groups as a whole. Okay, the number one position group that I felt has excelled past all the others is the quarterback position. And I just spoke about Joe Burrow a minute or two ago, so I'm not going to go into everything that he's done great this year. But that's just flat out an A. The second best position group this year, the wide receivers. Everybody. Everybody who comes in, I don't know if it's a function of Burrow or the fact that these guys are great, or probably both, but in any given game, you can have one receiver be the go-to guy, and that's the beauty of this offense. Very exciting to watch. So what, Tyler Boyd is probably the standout from this group, but everyone in this group. Higgins is a star. I can't believe that he's excelled this quickly. A.J. Green has been pretty reliable now that he got his feet underneath him. Auden Tate is just making play after play after play. They're going to keep him around as well. They're going to sign him to an extension. Mike Thomas has been exciting. Erickson's been reliable in the punt game. I wish they would use him a little more in the passing game. You know, and then John Ross we're having our issues with, but there's still a half a season. You never know if he's going to come in. And if he comes in and he's healthy and he's got the right mindset, Joe's going to find him for a bunch of receptions and probably a few touchdowns. So the wide receiver group as a whole gets an A. So the third-ranked position group, in my opinion, is the special teams. I know we had the miss by Bullock in the first game, which kind of made everybody turn on him, but he's had a great season. Huber is showing that he deserves to go to the Pro Bowl. Clark Harris is perfect again after a decade. Brandon Wilson, near the top of the league in kick returns, and with a few more returns, he's probably going to lead the league. He's a threat on every kick, so we have an exciting guy there. The coverage units are the underdog. They're just shutting down everybody. Those guys play with a lot of pride and intensity. And then the blocking. You know, Brandon Wilson has all these big returns. He's not totally doing himself. They're, you know, they're out there blocking their hearts out for him. And they're clearing a little bit of space in the punting game. You know, with the punting game now, it's there's not a lot of room. Not a lot of guys are breaking big ones. But, you know, Erickson's averaging almost 10 yards a punt return. And that's I would say that's pretty solid at this point. That's all you can ask for. And we're cutting down on special teams penalties. You know, in years past, it's like every kickoff return, you're just waiting to see the flag. I'm not sure if it's been league-wide and the refs just aren't throwing a lot of flags on kickoff and punt returns, but what I'm seeing is the Bengals are not committing those holding penalties or the block in the backs that really kill returns and and kill your field position. So with that said, special teams get an A-. minus. If Bullock made that first kick of the year, this would easily be an A. The fourth-ranked group on the Bengals is the running back position. First couple games, they were having a hard time getting blocking and having holes to run through, so the numbers weren't that great. But once the blocking settled down up front, Joe Mixon put up a few good games prior to him getting hurt. I think he's coming back next week, which is good. Geo Bernard's filling in excellently in his absence. You know, he's been the Geo that we all know and love. He can beat you on the ground, he can beat you in the air, and he's been outstanding blocking. And Samaje Piran's doing his job when called upon. So as a whole, I'm going to give the running back position a B plus. The fifth strongest group on the Bengals squad right now is going to be the tight end position. Now, they haven't been making a ton of game-breaking plays, but before Uzama went down, he was scoring. He was catching the ball. Sample's showing in his second year that that he deserves to be here. You know, he's catching a lot of balls, too, and his blocking is, is what we wanted to see out of him coming out of college. Sethan Carter's great on special teams, and his blocking's been great as well. So although this position hasn't been technically winning us games at this point, it's been very solid, and more on the blocking end than the receiving end, but we're getting a little bit of both. So the tight ends... I'm going to give that position group a B. So the number six position group on the Bengals, I'm going to say it's the defensive backfield. Now, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you have Bates and Mackenzie Alexander just lighting it up. William Jackson has been solid. Maybe not the pro bowler that we're expecting out of him, but he's been pretty good. He's let up his share of passes, like pretty much any defensive back will do, but you can count on him. He's solid in coverage. He's getting his nose in there tackling. He's a great athlete, so I think that he's having a good season as well. Von Bell's been strong, too. He's everything that we wanted in the run game. You know, we're not seeing our safeties getting bowled over by running backs anymore, which is a really good thing. And Von had a great game in the passing game last week, which has been a little bit of a weakness for him. But overall, he's playing very solidly, and he's going to be another contributor to a playoff run for years to come with us. Darius Phillips has been hot and cold. I'm not sure what his status is now. I almost feel like he's going to be out for a little bit. But when he was in there, you know, he, he had some good games, he had some bad games. LaShawn Sims struggling a little bit, but he is a tackler and he is a gamer and the coaching staff seems to like him a lot. So with that said, I'm going to give the defensive backs a B, which is aided by the fact that Alexander and Bates are playing so well. If those guys were playing mediocre, this grade would be a little bit lower. The number seven position group for the Bengals, in my opinion, is the linebacking core. Linebackers have been a problem for years for us, and although we don't have Ray Lewis in there at the moment, we're getting solid production out of those guys. They're not costing us games. Pratt is having a very good year quietly, and I think he's going to be a contributor to this team for a while too. Logan Wilson has been playing very heady football, and you can see how fast he is. So I believe that he's going to continue to improve. He's made a couple big plays, the two interceptions, the one sack. And he's doing pretty well in special teams as well, so he's a nice addition. And then Bynes, he's not having as great of a year as he did last year, but he's been pretty solid in there. And I know the leadership is a big element for him in his game. So although he might not be getting the same kind of numbers as Pratt and not showing up as on the big plays like Wilson, he's been solid in there, and I'm glad that we have him. And Akeem Davis Gaither, he's active, he's fast. His production hasn't been as great as the other linebackers, and again, he hasn't seen as much playing time. But he's been solid in special teams. He's been pretty solid in coverage. So, you know, he's going to be a good linebacker to have around for the future as well. So with that said, I'm going to give the linebacking core this year a B-. minus. All right, the 8th-ranked position group for the Bengals, next to last, unfortunately, is the defensive line. You know, we came in thinking it was going to be Dunlap, Hubbard, Reeder, Atkins as the main guys, and Lawson rotating in. And because of injuries and other circumstances, it's been a totally new cast of characters. And I, I praise those guys every week. Your Covingtons and your Bledsoe's, your Xavier Williams. All those guys are really playing their hearts out. Marcus Hunt came in and had a functional game or two for us. So although we don't have the guys that we started with and expected, the backup guys are, are playing their hearts out. And they're mostly waiver wire pickups. And here they are, fighting for their NFL lives and putting in some good snaps. Shame to see Hubbard down right now and Reader. You know, Reader was was having one of the best years on defense until he went down. So when he comes back next year, it's going to be a great addition. Still worried about Geno. I don't know if, if he's still injured or he's just slowing down a bit. Haven't seen much production out of him, but we have eight games left. Hopefully the bye week gives him a little bit of a rejuvenation, and he's a Bengal for life. So I'm hoping that he gets better and better as the year progresses and, you know, becomes the Geno Atkins that we all know. So if I had to pick a standout on the defensive line, it would probably be Carl Lawson because he seems to be the most aggressive pass rusher and does lead the team in sacks. He's just got to chill on those neutral zone infractions. Just make sure you line up in the right spot. We're all good. Keep hustling. He's a good guy, too. I've heard interviews with him. He's very personable, very, very likable, and he plays his heart out. So he's probably my choice for the guy on the defensive line that's done the best. But as a whole, the position group has not been that dominant. It's been serviceable at times, and, you know, we've let up some big rushing games, and we've had games that haven't had a great pass rush. Unfortunately for the defensive line, it's going to be a C-. minus. But props to the defensive coaching staff for getting all these backups ready to play and out there at least being functional. And the weakest position group on the Cincinnati Bengals right now, ranked number nine. We all know it. It's the offensive line. Now, they had a great week against Tennessee with all backups in there. Up till there, they struggled very, very badly the first few games, and then they got a little bit better as it went on. But I'm not really sure what the future is going to hold at this position. With Quentin Spain coming in and just looking like the best lineman on the team, you know, there's going to be a question mark on whether he supplants Michael Jordan over there. And Michael Jordan struggled early, but he's been getting better as the weeks went on as well. Jonah Williams, hope he's back this week. We're going to need him against Pittsburgh. He's showing up, hasn't been dominant, has let up a few plays. But you can see he's been having some good games. He's going against some really, really good players. And you see him growing. You see him getting better week to week. It was great picking back up Redmond. He really changed the identity of that line, made them much more aggressive. And, you know, Hopkins was decent before he went down. Billy Price filled in great at center. So it it shows that if there's any problems with Hopkins, it looks like Price can move in there. Hart has frustrated Bengal fans, obviously, but he did have a good game right before he went down. I don't know his status either. And Fred Johnson, I know he was everyone's favorite coming into the season. In all fairness, he struggled a little bit up to this point. And what a pleasant surprise that energy has been. I know it's just one game, but he was out there at left tackle, playing guys that have had a history of, of making plays. So I hope that continues. I hope that wasn't a fluke. I hope that we just saw the beginnings of a potential starting offensive lineman for the future. So with all of that said, you know, this is a position group that I I really feel we're going to need to invest in in the offseason with a couple draft picks and hopefully a free agent signing or two, a a big marquee free agent signing or two. So as of now, and I hope this improves, and we're really going to need the offensive line to be at their absolute best against Pittsburgh. You know, that's a scary game for Joe Burrow as far as the hits he's going to take. They're going to be coming from everywhere, and there's a lot of good players on that defense, unfortunately. So right now, I'm going to give the offensive line a D up to this point and I believe that's a fair grade I mean without last week against the Titans it might have even been a lower grade than that alright so those are my position grades and commentary on most of the players on the roster up to this point now I've been really watching these games closely so I can report things accurately and I'm seeing a lot of performances from these guys strong performances weak performances it all factors into these grades and these opinions that I have so here we are 2-5-1 and one. let's try to end the season 10-5-1 That'll do it for this episode. Next episode is going to be a preview of the Steelers game, and we're going to have Sands and Tom McLeavy come by to give their opinions on the game as well. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music, definitely something you guys should check out. And I'd also like to thank the ZDN Network, the network responsible for bringing you the unofficial Bengals podcast. You can find them at ZDN Network on Instagram or Twitter, and ZDN is just like the word media, only with a Z. Thank you for listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast.